recorded live in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Trivial Warfare. More than just a pub quiz, Trivial Warfare is your gateway to a worldwide trivia community. Join your hosts, Jonathan. We just described Ric Flair as the Neanderthal <laughs> man in Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Chris. Yo, we going down to Sesame Street. That's, that's, that's your impression of hardcore rap? No. <laughs> Carmella. That would irritate the hell out of me. I'm like, I just want my groceries. <laughs> my ice cream is melting. <laughs> ben. ben. Four halogens in that list. It was, oh, my God. You were like, it's not the halogens. I'm like, no, Ben, no. Those damn halogens got me again. <laughs> and the rest of the Trivial Warfare Army for another week of fun and games. Now here's your host, Jonathan Oaks. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Trivial Warfare. We are the podcast that takes the pub quiz out of the pub and brings it home to you. My name is Jonathan and I am here today... With one, two, three empty chairs, it is just me social distancing my way through life, but I am joined on the phone by the one and only Chris Hollister. Hello, Chris. Jonathan, I miss you, buddy. I really, really do, but it's good to hear your voice. It's good to see your face. This so far, the social distancing definitely makes you help appreciate the people in your life. And just so that people don't think we always hate each other on the show, I truly and deeply appreciate you, my friend. Wow. Do you know what I like about social distancing? That I'm not there with you? I don't have to worry about hug ambushes. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I, I, all right, I'm getting in the car. I'm driving over now. <laughs> Dude, I would punch you. <laughs> I know. Well, that would not be social distancing. Uh, Mr. Ben Young is here. Hello, Ben. I just survived the longest intro to a trivia warfare ever. Hey, I'm here. You survived. Wow. Was it that bad, Mr. Ben? Mr. Grumpy Pants. <laughs> All right, and we have some awesome guests here today. First up, we have John Saunders. Hello, John. Hello, guys. It's great to be here. I never thought that I would be able to come on the show, but I can't wait. Well, we're glad that you're here. You are joined today by Mr. Ron Saunders. Hello, Ron. I'm just a support in the background. He's the brains of the operation. You said earlier, it was one of the funniest things I've heard in a long time. You said if you lose the requisite 10 IQ points that happen when you're on the show, that you could put a dog in your chair and it wouldn't make a difference. It might help us. I'm not <laughs> that sure. was amazing. That was the funniest line. <laughs> All right. And we are joined by Caroline Tuft Lien. And I know I said that wrong. Caroline, how do I say your name? No, I am very impressed with how you said it. I was I was looking forward to hearing you, you know, try to pronounce it, and I was I was very impressed. What? Oh wow! Yeah, I feel all worried. I've definitely fun. heard it butchered much much worse. So I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, happy. So how do you pronounce it? <laughs> um, so if you would say it in the very Norwegian way, it would be Carolina Tuftelien. But oh, wow. you can call me Caroline. That's. <laughs> I, I tell you what, the Norwegian way is so is so pretty. That is just beautiful. I, so it was yeah. Carolina? Yes. I sound Hispanic when I do it, though. All of my accents <laughs> are Hispanic. That's because you are Hispanic. I know. Well, that's, that's <laughs> the point, right? 
All right, so I want to get to know you all a little bit better. Uh, John, we're going to start with you. Tell everybody where you're from, what you do, and something fun about yourself. I'm John Saunders. I live uh, in Collierville, Tennessee, which is a suburb right outside Memphis, Tennessee. I'm in 11th grade, and then I came into trivia by reading Guinness Book of World Records starting when I was around like six, and then that morphed into trivia. And then when I found y'all, I got hooked, and I've listened to y'all ever since. Probably listened to all of y'all's episodes probably like three times back. Oh, man. Probably. Man, even I would get tired of us after three times. I got to admit. <laughs> okay. John is like the oldest looking 11th grader I've ever seen in my life, just yeah. FYI. You're a mature looking young man. I tell you what. I'm, I'm six foot seven. Holy snakes. Holy crap. <laughs> the I one person that can look down to Jonathan legitimately. <laughs> <laughs> Are you one of those guys that's basketball height but doesn't play basketball? Yeah, so <laughs> sadly, I don't play basketball. I had uh, spine surgery la- uh, two years ago because I had severe scoliosis, and so that uh, disabled me from playing basketball. But I gained, I, I grew two inches from it. So I was just about to good. say, think how tall you would be without the scoliosis. Holy moly! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Well, welcome to the show. I sing in my choir. I love choir. Nice, nice. Awesome. Oh, that's cool. awesome. Are you uh, bass? Yeah, base two. Yeah, I thought so. All right, Ron, tell everybody where you're from, what you do, and something fun about yourself. Well, I live in Carville as well, which is outside of Memphis. Started out me flying airplanes in the Air Force. Now I fly airplanes for FedEx. That's about it. I got hooked on trivia. I've always been kind of the Cliff Clavin as a kid growing up, you know, the, the annoying Cliff Clavin. But uh, when John started doing, getting really getting into trivia, uh, got in there with him. Uh, he wanted to join Patreon and listen to the podcast a couple years ago as a birthday gift. So we started doing that and it just became kind of a cool father son thing. And then we started going to a lot of the, uh, the local trivia nights and uh, it's just kind of, it's been a fun thing. I've got your, uh, I've got your likeness here with me. I've got my little mini cliff. I don't know if it's probably too far yeah. away. He's a good looking pop Funko. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. I told when Katie was talking about the matchup, she mentioned that John was, was in the 11th grade. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I have a rule against bringing people uh, minors on, right? And she and so she sent back the details, and she's like, "Actually, so John is the patron, and he's been waiting X amount of time." I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not going <laughs> to argue with that. I don't care. I will, if if the kid is the patron, I'm not going to fight it. <laughs> so that's how that happened. We thought he may be an answer to a trivia question. He may be the youngest. Uh, contestant on Trivia Warfare at some point. So. Uh, how old was Aria? I was just about to say Aria might have been younger. I don't remember how yeah. old she was. That was that's the other person you would be competing with for that. <laughs> All right, and uh, Caroline, I'm I am going to use Caroline because it's going to be easier for me. Tell everybody where you're from, what you do, and something fun about yourself. Yes, my name is like I said, Carolina Tustelian, and as you can probably figure, I am from Oslo, Norway, and um, I work at the University of Oslo with a health information software project. So it's being it's a software that's being used in over 65 countries in Asia and Africa. And so at this moment, with everything going on with COVID-19, we have had interest from about 50 countries that also wants to use the software for that. So right now, work is super busy, but also um, extremely rewarding. And something fun about myself is that I've done trivia on four, no, sorry, five continents. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh, man. That's my partner. <laughs> so so Just, North America, Europe, Asia, South America? 
No, I'm missing Australia. South America. Uh, I've done it in New Zealand, and I did it in Zimbabwe, so Africa, and oh. then Nepal, so Asia, and then several places in Europe, and yeah, and then the U.S. Wow, what is what is trivia <laughs> like in Zimbabwe? Oh, it's it's a, it was pretty fun. It was uh, I think we did fairly well. Um, yeah, it was pretty similar to any other country. It's actually to me the U.S. version of trivia is like the most different from all the other ones because a lot of the times you guys will have all these you know like midpoint tasks and you have to run up and you guys have like seven rounds sometimes like i've done geeks who drink and these other things and it's very different from all the other ones i do which is usually you know two rounds or 20 questions or something very straightforward like that wow wow well, tell just, you what, Jeff Seguritin is super jealous of her right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just wait until you get to the physical challenges. That's what really sets us apart. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it is time for something we like to call Warm It Up, Chris. It's time to warm it up. A trivial warfare today. And there's only one person who can warm it up for the TWA. And that's Chris. And sometimes Jonathan. Ben Young. Is not doing warm up, Chris. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Chris is actually doing his own warm up. Chris, take it away. All right. If you want to listen to uh, Ben do warm it up, Chris, listen to the next episode because Ben, I'm sure, is going to have a fantastic one for us all. So today's warm up, Chris question. Uh, I was doing a Sporkle quiz this week, and it was based upon people's nicknames, and it was nicknames that are associated to real life people. So just to let you know, this is not fictional; these are real life people. And so I'm going to give you a clue, and the nickname, basically, and the clue is actor, um, historical figure, athlete, and the nickname, and I want you to tell me the person's name. Okay? We're ready. All right, fantastic. So Jonathan. I'm going to go with you first, okay? Okay, I'm ready. All right, so Jonathan, you get an athlete, and it's the Brown Bomber. Joe Lewis. Joe Lewis is correct. Nice job, my friend. How was I going to miss Joe Lewis? Are you kidding me? (laughs) That's the main reason why I gave it to you, so it's just so that you could do that. All right, so John, I'm going to go in order of my uh, screen on here uh, for Skype. So, John, you're next. Are you ready, sir? Yep. All right, I am going to give you the Sultan of Swat. Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth is correct, sir. Nice job. Carolyn, you're going to get the, uh, this is an athlete also, you're going to get the greatest. I, I I remember I told you guys before, I was like, please don't give me any, well, I said American sports. Right now, I'm just thinking the greatest. I want to go with like Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali is correct. Nice yeah. job. All right, Ron, you get the, uh, the last athlete that's on the board. You get the great one. I may be the first guy to miss here. I told you the dog would be better than me. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say, oh, I got no idea. I'm going to go with Magic Johnson. All right, that is incorrect. Anybody want to help him out? Yep, had his uh, jersey retired in every team in hockey it's wayne gretzky wayne gretzky is correct nice job ben you, you could but have ben, called now him, it's... you could have called him the grit one that was actually the two i was going between for mine yeah. i was thinking okay gretzky or ali but luckily i went for the correct one well for the there great one there are two correct answers one is wayne gretzky and the other one is of course dwayne the rock johnson so 
Finally. All right. So, uh, Ben, uh, you get you get the first musician, which is appropriate for you since you are a musician yourself, uh, along with John. So I'm going to give you Lady Day. Lady Day. Yes. Uh, And she was from 1915 to 1959. Let's go with Ella Fitzgerald. Ella Fitzgerald is incorrect. Can anybody help him out? Billie Holiday. Billie Holiday is correct. Nice job, John. It makes a lot more sense. (laughs) I told you. All right. So, John, you get the, uh, this is a musician also. You get the first lady of song. Hold on. No, I'm sorry. Jonathan. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Jonathan. (laughs) My apologies. For some reason, they have you in the corner of Skype. And so my apologies, buddy. All right. So, Jonathan, you get the first lady of song. I should have let John take this one. Would you like the dates? Um, yeah, I'll take the dates. 1917 to 1996. First Lady of Song. 1917 yep. to 1996. That means she would have been 20 in 1937. She would have been in her 50s in the in the 60s. Um, I, I'm going to try Ella Fitzgerald. And Ella Fitzgerald is correct. Nice <laughs> job. So nice. say thank you to Ben. Okay, so John, you get uh, the next musician on the list is Old Blue Eyes. Yeah. This person had a bunch of nicknames. This was just one of the more famous ones. Can I have a date? Yeah, absolutely. 1915 to 1998. Is that Frank Sinatra? Frank Sinatra is correct. John is on fire, people. Well Let me tell you, he's warmed up. <laughs> So, uh, Carolyn, you get vel- the Velvet Fog, and this is a musician also. The Velvet wow, Fog. I've oh, never heard that in my life, actually. Can I have the years? Yes, ma'am. 1925 to 1999. This might be one of the deeper cuts in, mu- in musician land. So. You'd think? <laughs> yeah, I almost want to ask about like the genre or something. Well, it was, uh, it, well it, he was a uh, staple on Night Court. If you've ever seen that American comedy, and I probably just gave it to Jonathan. That's the thing. Oh. I've never heard about that, that show, actually, which is I mean, I'm usually fair, fairly updated on oh, American I pop culture. I, right, I well, think I'm going to give Jonathan the honor of <laughs> answering this one. I, I don't have any. So, okay. This yeah, this would be super deep. If it's from Night Court, there's one musician that Harry Anderson's character loved on Night Court, and that was Mel Torme. El Torme is correct. Wow. So. That was super deep, Chris. That is our first that ever super... Mel Torme question in 265 <laughs> episodes. Hey, you're welcome. So, okay. So my apologies, Carolyn, but you got the hardest one. So, hey, you got that no knocked worries. out. All right. So, Ron, you uh, in musician land, you get Satchmo. Satchmo. Uh, Duke Ellington. That is incorrect. Anybody want to help him out? Wasn't that uh, Louis Armstrong? Louis Armstrong is the correct answer. Yep. All right. Ben, and yes. the last one in musician land, you get the Queen of Soul. Aretha Franklin. Aretha Franklin is correct. Nice job, my friend. All right. Uh, we are going to go into historical figures now, okay? So let's go to um, – all right, so John, a thin. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. You're going to get uh, uh, this historical figure is Old Blood and Guts. Old Blood and Guts. 
1845. Oh, well, those are different years than I was looking for. Patton. Patton is correct. Yeah. Wow. Nice job. Wow. All right, so John, this is a tough one for you, all right? This is the, uh, the Lone Eagle. The Lone Eagle. It's 1902 to 1974. Eisenhower. Eisenhower is incorrect. Can anybody help him out? That would have been my guess. Okay. The answer is Charles Lindbergh. Charles Lindbergh. Okay. So, Carolyn, you get Lady Lindy. Lady Lindy. Lady Lindy, 1897 to 1937. Hmm. I was was looking forward to the historical ones, thinking I would do better. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ma'am, I... you You got a clue with the last one, if you think about it. Lindy. So the last answer was Charles Lindbergh, and this is Lady Lindy. Yeah, that's why I was like, is it Lindbergh again? <laughs> but I don't know the I don't know the first name. I apparently don't know another Lindbergh. Okay. Uh, anybody want to try to help her out? I would say Amelia Earhart. Amelia Earhart is correct. Oh, like it wasn't uh, okay. Lindy. Yeah. Ah. Uh, All right. So Ron. Oh, excuse, yeah, so Ron, you get Scarface. Scarface? So it's not the Al Pacino Scarface. Say I lost him, my love friend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is uh, not the Al Pacino Scarface, no. Scarface. I literally have no idea. Al Pacino. Al Pacino's incorrect. Who wants to help him? It's Al Capone. It is Al Capone. Al. You had the Al part correct. Al. <laughs> All right, so Ben... You get uh, the Moses of her people. The Moses of her people. Yes. <sighs> um, Sojourner Truth. Oh, that is incorrect. Ben, ben, it's the other one. Ben. It's the other one. Who wants it's, to help Ben out? Harriet Tubman. Yep. Harriet Tubman is correct. I uh, yeah, that's just a brain fart. Ben, I'm gonna need your card, brother. That's a brain fart. Wow. All right, so we're going to do this as the last round, even though I've got a ton more. I may save more for later on. So, uh, Jonathan? Yo. Uh, let's see. Let's. Uh, I want to give you the king of the wild frontier. Davy Crockett. Davy Crockett is correct. You give me a music lyric. <laughs> yeah, you give me a music lyric, and I'm going to get that. <laughs> king of the wild frontier. Wild frontier. All right, so, John, you get Buffalo Bill. Bill Hickok, or... All right. So that's my answer. Bill Hickok. Okay, that's incorrect. Anybody want to help him? Mm. It's got to be Cody, Cody, right? Yeah. Bill Cody is correct. All right. It's the other one. <laughs> it's the yeah. other Bill. <laughs> the other one. All right. So, Carolyn, your last one is the father of the atomic bomb. Yes, I know this, and I am totally... Now Now I, I've lost my 20 IQ points as well, Ron. <laughs> Get your dog out. Oh, <laughs> Get my dog out. <laughs> what's, it, what's his name? Oh, no, not Oppenheimer. No. Yes. Yes. It, it is yes. Oppenheimer. J. Robert Oppenheimer is correct. <laughs> also, well, the reason I usually done. say last names is that usually, you know, at our quizzes in Norway, it's like, just say last names. If you say the wrong first name, like you will get, you will be corrected wrong. So that's why I'm like, Always do last names and 
I'm like scared of first names. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Jonathan keeps telling me that, and I keep going, no, we need to give the whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Ron, uh, your final one is The Wizard of Menlo Park. The Wizard of Menlo Park. Wow. John, do you know that one? You do? He's up there nodding his head. Uh, <laughs> he, he's off mic, but he said, of course <laughs> I do. Come on, Dad. It's like, <laughs> it sucks when you're like in your fifties and your seventy-year-old son knows more than you do. It's just like it's humiliating. Like, ugh. Yeah, a little bit. Try but being it's in your forties. Awesome. Try being in your forties and having a five-year-old no more than you. <laughs> <laughs> really humiliating. Oh my God! The Wizard of Menlo Park. I'm either thinking chess or New York playground basketball. Think inventors. <laughs> Look at John. Like, what? You're getting a clue. Menlo Park inventors Einstein. Close. All right, John. He's tagging out. Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison is correct. Uh, All right. So Ben, I'm, you're. I'm going. I'm going to get the dog, and I'll be going to have a cup of coffee. And, uh, <laughs> I'll catch up in a little bit. All right. So Ben, your last one is the Bard of Avalon. Really? Yeah. The Bard of Avalon. Shakespeare. Yes, but. Yeah, that is correct, Mr. Literature. It is Shakespeare. Literature himself. All right. <laughs> and that, my friends, is your warming up Chris question of the episode. So uh, thank you, Sparkle, for the inspiration. All right. Very Good cool. Job. And and shout out to Mark and the team over there going through some hard times right now over at uh, over at Spork Alive. We're thinking about you guys and we're hoping the best for you for sure. And that goes out that goes out to all of the trivia companies out there right now. With the restaurants closing down, with people having to stay home, I know business is tough. There's a lot of creativity going out there. There's a lot of creativity happening right now in terms of ways to get to pub quizzes. If you've been missing your local pub quiz, I suggest that you explore the online trivia scene right now. It is actually really exciting. I know uh, our friend Andy Saunders over at thejeopardyfan.com has a schedule, a calendar that he keeps up to date with all kinds of online trivia quizzes that are being run by uh, formerly local trivia companies. So that's worth checking out if you're jonesing for a trivia night and you can't find one. Uh, This is episode number 265. So this is the last of the free episodes that would normally be on Patreon. We hope that you guys have enjoyed this. If you want more Trivial Warfare and you want to listen on a weekly basis, you just need to be a lieutenant or above in the Trivial Warfare Army. You do that by going to TrivialWarfareArmy.com and signing up as a lieutenant or above. All right, today's game is going to be Caroline and Chris versus Jonathan, Ron, and John. Ben is hosting, and it's time to play the game. Play us. Oh, yeah. Y'all know what time it is. This is Mr. Literature himself, cordially inviting you to the game. This is six rounds of trivia goodness. Three questions per round. Every right answer gets you ten points. In the middle, we'll take a pause for the cause and ask a midpoint question worth up to 20 juicy points. After round six, you can wager any or all those points you've been building up and take a shot at the final round. It's a series of theme-based questions we call the gauntlet. It's just that easy, baby. But this game ain't gonna play itself, players. Let's get it on. All right, Ben. Round one, question one. Your category is... She's really talented. 
What actress whose birth name is Karen Elaine Johnson is an EGOT recipient who is perhaps best known for her role as a lounge singer with a really good habit? Uh, Ben, just as a clarification for the question with EGOT, are we talking about performing EGOT or are you including people with Lifetime Achievement Awards? I didn't research Lifetime Achievements, but I do not believe that is the case in this case. Because there, there is like a lot of discrepancies with EGOT winners as to whether they are or aren't. I can, I can double check. I would say that not for in this case, not necessarily all of them were for acting. Well, no, they wouldn't all be for acting. Clearly, that's that's not what I mean. I mean, I, performing meaning they did something specific that they won an award for in that year, as opposed to getting one later. I can clarify for this particular case and and tell you the answer to that. Okay. Give me just a moment. That'd be helpful. Give me just a moment. Uh, so Chris and I are locked in. I don't think there are any um, lifetime achievements as part of this. The, the Tony was no, no, that don't year. Give, yeah, don't give more detail than than you okay. have to. I, yeah, it, I don't think lifetime achievements count in this yeah. case. All right. So EGOT winners that I can think of, you already brought up Ruby Goldberg. Uh, I think Liza Minnelli won one. Uh, I think mm-hmm. Helen Hayes one one she's an older actress karen elaine johnson um rita moreno i think also won one uh the one from the one who did west side story i think that's her name yeah my first thought was liza minnelli i think she also had a name change in there too so uh and her her Uh, most her most notable uh stuff was loud singer stuff Cabaret. She she did Cabaret. That was her big one. Yeah. Is that the really good talent he's talking about? <laughs> I, I, I was trying to think of somebody who also played a nun because I was thinking about the habit with a nun, but I'm, I thought that may be a stretch. Well, that could be Whippy Goldberg because Sister Act, she played a nun. Well, there you go. Oh. I hadn't thought about that. So, uh, Ben, read the question again. What actress whose birth name is Karen Elaine Johnson is an EGOT recipient who is perhaps best known for her role as a lounge singer with a really good habit? Yeah, that's going to be Whoopi Goldberg. That's from Sister Act. For the nun habit? And yeah, right. I, I think you got it, dude. Let's go. Let's lock in Whoopi Goldberg. Carolyn and I, uh, I initially said Bette Midler because I was thinking lounge singer and the rose and everything like that. But uh, Carolyn picked up on the clue real quick. Yeah, no, I, I got locked in on the whole habit part. And that's, that's I mean, that's the main thing I know that Whoopi Goldberg has been in. And I remember uh, hearing that she's an EGOT winner. So immediately when I said that, Chris was like, yes, that's it. So that's what we locked in with, Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg. All right. Correct answer is Whoopi Goldberg. Very cool. So there is a list on uh, Wikipedia that has all of the EGOT winners and that does qualify them by competitive and non-competitive. And uh, Whoopi Goldberg is on the competitive yep, list. For sure. She got, she got a cup one, at least one of these for, yeah. for comic relief. I think yeah, she was Grammy. a producer yep. or something. Yeah. I can't, the only thing is I can't remember what she got her Tony for, but yeah, absolutely. She got it all for achievement. I think her Tony was for a production of, of a Broadway play. I think mm-hmm. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Your second question in this round is Ben murders a hit. All right. Here are we you going to actually murder it or are you going to just say it out? I'm going to listen. Just you wait. Okay. <laughs> just you wait. Henry Higgins, got for it. This. Name the artist of this 1986 song 
which peaked at number three on the Billboard Hot 100. Sitting in the movie show, thinking nasty thoughts. Better be a gentleman or you turn me off. Okay, nice job, Ben. Thank you. Shall I repeat? Yeah, can you read it back? Um, yes, name the artist. So I want the artist of this 1986 song, which peaked at number three. Sitting in the movie show, thinking nasty thoughts. Better be a gentleman or you turn me off. John, you want to go with that uh, that one you just liked at the bottom? Yeah. Yeah, the artist. That, yeah, yeah I, I, don't say it out loud. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's, that's All right. it. All right, we're going to lock in. So, uh, Carolyn, I just wrote down to you uh, because I was like sitting in the movie show thinking nasty thoughts. Better be a gentleman or or you turn me off. And so I think that's Nasty Boys by Janet Jackson. Yeah, so he wants to like that. (laughs) All right. I mean, 86 seems a little young for that, but I can't think of a better one. And with nasty being in the wording. I like. The, I mean, I think that's a. I think that's the right answer. So I say, and he wants the artist. So let's just say, uh, Janet Jackson, or Janet. If what is it, or Miss Nasty, if you wanna. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So Janet Jackson, uh, Ben, we're locking that in. Okay. Her name's not Baby. It's Janet. Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. Oh, thank you, thank you, Jonathan, Ooh. for cleaning up my mess. That was our answer, Ben. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh correct answer is Janet Jackson. Right. Yes. I uh I decided to I decided to ask for the artist here instead of the song title because I always thought the title the song was Nasty Boys, but the it's actually just nasty. Oh wow. I wanted to avoid you, controversy, so I'll, we're going an artist there. Smart man. No, I pr- yeah, good, uh, really it's just na- wow. Okay. Who knew the title was just nasty? I mean, that's an odd two words. Not, not just nasty. The title is nasty. Oh, <laughs> the song title is nasty. Can you see the? Uh, can you see the light bulb over Jonathan's head now? Bing. <laughs> um. So we had a, a similar question. I did a TOC song, and I asked for the artist again because everybody thinks the title of the song is Scrubs. The title of the no song scrubs. is No Scrubs. No Scrubs. No scrubs. Yeah. Right. yeah. If they missed that one, they earned that. You got to know that's no scrubs. <laughs> What's the double negative in the in the title? So it's <laughs> scrubs is a noun. It can't be a negative. Well, I don't want no scrubs. Is like oh the whole the whole chorus, right? Oh, Weird Al would be cringing. We're we're gonna end this round <laughs> with a question in geography. Geography. All right, Caroline. This is where I need you. Hold me. Hold me, Richard, hold me. What country has the longest coastline in Europe and is also the southernmost country in Europe, excluding territories? My message says sending. (laughs) I think it just went through. Can you give the stats again? What country has the longest coastline in Europe and is also the southernmost country in Europe, excluding territories? I'll be right back. I'm going to go get my map of the world out. Well, I wouldn't be the first time you cheated on the show, Chris. Ouch. <laughs> I'm just stating facts, bro. That is not true. Cheaters never win. Uh, like episode 50-something. Jonathan called me out. I did not cheat. 
the Mayflower. Yeah. I, I will like to say John and I were at a trivia night one night and like at the very end we catch this guy going to the bathroom with his phone and hiding in the stall and getting on his phone trying to Google stuff. Wow. I was like so I actually followed him in the bathroom and called him out. I'm like, get out. Now, you wow. done in there? It smells like answers in here. Yeah, John, you and I are on the same page. Ron, are you good with that? I put that up there earlier. I think that, that sounds that actually sounds familiar to me as a uh, I've heard that, but right. I think that's correct. We're going to lock in. Okay. All right, Carolyn, they're locked in. So uh, we we were throwing out some ideas on here. So what's your gut telling you? You were talking about uh, Italy, and uh, you were talking about Greece. Yeah, Yeah, I was, as I got this question, I was thinking, oh, of course, European geography. Like, I would actually say I'm better on African or Asian geography than European, (laughs) which is kind of funny, but but actually true. And I'm just getting, you know, uh, Ben said southernmost, and I'm just getting, like, locked in my head, like, okay, Italy, like, you know, it reaches quite far south, but, like, the the end of it... And there's a lot of coast on there, so that that's a lot of validity because remember it's a boot. Yes, exactly. So it's just, then, you don't have to do yeah. a Canadian imitation. <laughs> oh no! Wow, <laughs> I didn't even realize. My apologies. What a boot it! But then I'm also thinking about you know further east, like with all the Balkan countries, might be further south, but I am not familiar with that area. Oh, I got you. Uh, I actually, now that I think about it, I really like Italy as an answer because there's just, because like Florida, it's just, there's a lot of coastline right there. I Well, I would hate it more if it was that and we didn't say it, maybe. <laughs> but you were also I, saying Spain, but. You yeah. know what? Don't worry about that. Let's just, I mean, the most educated answer we can think of, I mean, unless, uh, unless you have a strong feeling about Greece, I think Italy's the point to lock in. Yeah, and, okay. it's, and obviously it's been in the news a lot lately, so I could totally see Ben pulling a question out because of that too. So, Ben, we're locking in with Italy. Okay. It, we thought either it was either between Spain or Italy, and we locked in with Italy. We basically had that same had that same conversation you just had of going back and forth between the two, and uh, Italy having the, a long coastline. You know, so that's, that's kind of where we ended up as well. We realized that Portugal takes up a good chunk of. Spain's coastline, so that yeah, that's included that. All right, so your correct answer, it's actually a country that has a mainland and a whole bunch of little islands Greece. in the Mediterranean. It is Greece. Yeah. Oh, man. As soon as you guys said Greece, I uh, sent a message to John and Ron and said, oh, yeah. shoot, that's a good answer. Yeah. I forgot about all the islands. Oh, yeah, if you count all the islands, because I was, I think I said or was thinking uh, that I don't know how much coastline Greece has. Like it might be further south, but I don't know how much coastline it has. But yeah, adding all the lot. islands, it's for sure. Lot. Yeah. At the end oh. of the first round, oh, the score well. is twenty to twenty. We begin our second round with a question in Televisiones. On February twenty second, nineteen eighty, a thirty minute Pink Panther animated special preempted the tape delayed broadcast of what historic event? Hmm. Okay, repeat that again, buddy. On February 22nd, 1980, a 30-minute Pink Panther animated special preempted the tape-delayed broadcast of what historic event? Can you say it again? You said t- taped-delayed event, or how did you say it? Yeah, 
tape delayed broadcast. So it's not a live broadcast. And I, I do want you to be specific for this question. Ben, the date was February 28, 1980. February 22nd, 1980. Oh, I'm sorry, 22nd. My apologies. Are you guys good with that? Yeah. All right, we're going to lock in. All right, Carolyn. So uh, just the date, um, I thought it was a little bit sooner. I thought it was like 78, 79 that that happened. Uh, but what we were talking about was the Camp David Accord, uh, mm-hmm. where uh, Palestine and Israel uh, signed the treaty together. That was like my best guess, uh, because the other only other thing uh, that I could think of around that time, but I think that was a year later, was the release of the uh, of the American prisoners from Iran. Carter got that done uh, right as the inauguration was about to happen in '81, and then Reagan um, announced it to the world. But that was the last thing that Carter was able to have done, okay. um, and so that's why I think it's the Camp David Accord, and I think that's the name of it. Yeah, that's definitely the name of it. Uh, and I don't know exactly when that was, but it sounds like if you're you at least fairly sure about that, I am fine with um, with locking that in. I have about yeah. se- I have about seventy five percent thunder to be honest with you, Carolyn. I'm not that's... I'm not a hundred I'm not comfortable with it, but I don't have a better answer if that makes sense. Oh, I think seventy five is is good. I. I answer things with way less thunder than that so okay five percent is uh i think is it's fine for me I, I say we lock it in okay sounds good we're locking in with the camp david accord okay we we thought that tape delay is typically something that you see in sports and so we leaned that way initially we're like okay could it be a super bowl could what could it be and we thought about the iran hostages but um, then Ron came up with an idea that felt really good. We don't know if the date's right or not, but it would have to be tape delayed because it would have been across the world. We said the miracle on ice. Oh, actually, that's interesting. I, when you said sporting events, I was thinking it might be, and now I was thinking it might be the Magic Johnson, uh, Larry Bird Final Four uh, with. Um, Why would you tape uh, delay? What, what, because just about every uh, every just about every basketball event was tape delayed at that point in time. All right. Well, let's have Ben give us an answer. Yeah. Yeah. The Larry Johnson. Larry Johnson. Um, Grandmama. Grandma. Johnson Bird. <laughs> Michigan State. Indiana State. Final Four would have been in April. April was always played in April. Um, that was seventy nine. February twenty second, nineteen eighty. Pink Panther was doing an Olympic special from eight to eight thirty, and three oh. hours before that was the Miracle on Ice in Lake Placid. So it is the Miracle on Ice. Nice job, gentlemen. Ron and his dog with the credit for that. (laughs) (laughs) He sandbagged you. Sandbagged you. And here is the Norwegian in this. What was the Miracle on Ice? (laughs) So the Miracle on Ice was the the U.S. with a team of amateurs from, from colleges all around, a lot of Minnesotans actually, beating the USSR national team, which was all professional hockey players in the semifinal game of the 1980 Olympics before they went on to beat, I think, Finland for the gold yeah. medal. What, what made it especially an underdog story was not only had the Russians just beaten the United States a week before, like eight to three or something, but 
that that was the only year out of eight straight Olympics that the USSR did not win the gold. They won the gold the previous wow. four Olympics before that, and they won the gold for the next three Olympics after that. <laughs> wow. So that it was truly an underdog story. They were a dynasty. Yeah. And, and you throw in the Cold War era and the animosity between yes. us and the States then. It, it, yeah. was, it was epic. Yeah, you know, us Norwegians, we mostly care about cross-country and uh, <laughs> <laughs> biathlon. You know, the stuff with the skis. Bye you know, we were, we're pretty good at that. <laughs> yep, ski jump. Yep, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I watch biathlon no when it comes on. I think that's interesting stuff right there. Absolutely. That's good stuff. All right, your second question in the round is in music. So this is going to be a who am I first person. I was born in 1971 in Long Beach, California. I received 17 Grammy nominations without a win. And I am known in part for my frequent collaborations with Martha Stewart. Who am I? All right, Carolyn, you good if I lock in? Yes. All right, we're locked in. Okay. All right, guys, I think it's Calvin Broadus Jr. <laughs> the D-O-double-G is from Long Beach. When I heard yeah. when I heard Martha Stewart uh, collaborations with Martha Stewart, something in the back of my head was like Snoop Dogg. But I was like, that couldn't be right. No, I, I, I think that's that, right. Uh, I think that's I think that's the hook is the Mar- the Martha Stewart hint is the the what gets you over the top. So I, I would agree with that. Uh, honestly, if you just said, "Hey, name a musician who was born in 1971 in Long Beach," I would have still gone with Snoop Dogg because <laughs> right. he represents Long Beach. So we're going to Snoop Dogg. Okay. Yeah, I picked up on the same clues Jonathan did, and we also locked in with Snoop Dogg. He is from the LBC. It is Snoop Dogg. There's an interesting meme flowing out there. It's a picture of Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart. She's showing him how to cook something in the kitchen. And the meme says, just remember, only one of these people is a convicted felon. <laughs> I was like, that's, 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 some, that's some good irony. Define irony. Define irony. I can't define irony. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. We're going to end this uh, round with board games. What board game features locations such as the Peppermint Forest, Nana's Nut House, and the Frosted Palace? Yep, we're locked in. <laughs> yep. yep, we're about to be the same way. So, Caroline, you good with Candyland? Yeah, that's all you again. I think I play a bit more complicated board games than that. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just thinking, Ben's been stuck home with a five-year-old for a while now. I got a feeling that Candyland is on repeat, like nonstop. So uh, we're locking in with Candyland, buddy. Okay. We all chimed in pretty quick with uh, Candyland, and again, other than John, I've got two daughters, and I've played this game. It's up in the attic somewhere, so I'm, we're pretty confident that it's Candyland. <laughs> uh, correct answer is Candyland. Man, it yeah, has I been have... a long time since I've seen a Candyland board. Ben took us to the candy shop, y'all. I did. Yeah, um, Alexis, <laughs> I bought her uh, Catan Jr. a few weeks back. She's really been enjoying that a lot. I'm really want to start introducing her to monopoly for educational reasons. Cause for she's struggling with purposes. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, I've, I feel like I got really good at math because I played, I started playing monopoly at a young age. So, all right. At the end of the second round, the score is 50 to 40. Jonathan, John and Ron are in the lead. The dog all right. Dog. So we're, we're staying close, Carolyn. We got this. Yes. Oh, grease. <laughs> it is the word. 
It is. <laughs> okay, your third round begins with a question in advertising. Advertising. What character was the longtime centerpiece of Charmin TV commercials? What character? Yes. All right. What was the character's name? Meow, meow. Yeah, I was, I was waiting for it. <laughs> we are locked in. <laughs> oh, there it was. It's a declaration of thunder. I love it. Wow, Carolyn, they're they're on fire. They're uh, yeah. they're answering quickly. They're uh, they're meshing together, and uh, <laughs> I'm not a fan of this. No, and I was I was about to say that I think this is all you again. Uh, ben is kind <laughs> of hit, hitting the the parts of American pop culture that I don't know. <laughs> so, enough. but you had you had a guess. Yeah, uh, I th- well, th- they now have the Charmin Bears, which are adorable and they're very cute, whatnot. But I th- and naked. That's true. That they are Winnie the Pooh esque. <laughs> but I think before then it was Mr. Whipple because he was like, "Don't squeeze the Charmin," and so that's why I said Mr. Whipple to you. And I was hoping that maybe, just maybe, uh, the commercials translated over there, but maybe not is what I'm thinking. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> All Unfortunately right. not. So Fair enough. I am uh, good with your your guess. <laughs> My myth the Whipple. All right, so we're <laughs> locking in with Mr. Whipple. Okay. We also knew that we should not squeeze the Charmin. We said Mr. Whipple. <laughs> Correct answer is Mr. Whipple. Phew. Okay. You know, you can't find any Charmin to squeeze right now. Amen to that, brother. It's tough. I, uh, I did a grocery store run this morning, and... I walked down the aisle to grab the very last case of paper towels. Oh, wow. Like somebody was rounding the corner just as I was putting my (laughs) hand on it. And they were like, oh, I was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then you said together, oh, yeah. It was a glorious moment. Oh, yeah. No, I I ordered toilet paper from Amazon about about three weeks ago. And it said it would be here in May. And it actually came uh, uh, about four days ago. And it was like Christmas. It was like, ah! I really, it felt like opening up the, uh, uh, the Ark and Raiders of the Lost Ark. My face melted. It was like, it's toilet paper. <laughs> wow. Wow. What a world. All right. This, now. Is, this is how things have become. You know, we're fighting over toilet paper and paper towels. Yeah, exactly. There's going to be a lot of need for plumbers later this year when people have blocked <laughs> up their pipes with paper towels. Yeah. Public service sorry. announcement. Don't flush paper towels, y'all. Exactly. <laughs> uh, All right. Your second question in the round is in science. science. The freezing point of water can be lowered to as low as negative six degrees Fahrenheit simply by adding what extremely common household product. Carolyn, this is all you. <laughs> All right, we're going to lock in. Okay. And again, they're just they're fast. <laughs> Let's see. So, I was trying to think of like common household products that we have that we have around our house and and help us out cuz we're we're not the most clean house in the world. Oh, do you have a play your house is plenty clean. Thank you. It's because <laughs> we put on a good face when people come over. That's, Chris, that's what everybody does. Yeah, yeah, no, fair everybody enough. cleans their bathroom and vacuums when people are coming over. <laughs> Actually, oddly <laughs> enough, these last few weeks, the house has never been cleaner. Exactly. All right. So I don't think it's bleach because that's the most common thing that we have in our house, period. 
I wrote down ammonia. Um, do you have any kind of science background at all? No, not just like high school chemistry, which is a while ago. And I kind of liked the ammonia answer. Again, I'm trying to figure out, like, okay, how would H2O react with, you know, ammonia or like a base or that will take me a while to <laughs> think yeah. about, I think. I so. jokingly wrote ice on there, but I don't think that's the answer. <laughs> ice is very household common here. So and I was if, just thinking like with household item that sounds maybe as like you said, more cleaning supplies, more than edible things. I was just thinking like how does yeah, I was thinking of anything edible that would add, but with household item sounds like something that wouldn't be edible and yeah, I think in interest of time, maybe <laughs> ammonia is kind of our best guess. Edibles okay. could make you think that the freezing degree is slow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jonathan's back to this again. Yeah. Oh, oh, boy. That coffee is really speaking to him. I wonder what he put in it. Uh. <laughs> All right. So, Ben, Ben, we're doing a uh, shot in the dark at ammonia locked in. Okay. Ron, you brought some good logic to the table. Why don't you talk for us? Well, all my logic has nothing to do with science. It has to do with because I'm old. But uh, I like that old man logic. Ammonia <laughs> as well. All my answers I know because it's because I'm old. But I remember back in the old days, the old ice cream makers used to put ice in the bucket, and then you would dump rock salt on top of the ice to make the ice colder, which would freeze the ice cream quicker. So I think it's salt was what what I came up with, and that's what we locked in with. Okay. Yeah, if uh, you've got ice on your roads, you throw salt down there, and it, um, it actually it doesn't technically melt the ice. It just lowers the freezing point to where the ice turns back into water again. Oh, Correct that's answer how that is works. Salt. That's how that works. Oh, my God. That's cool. I had no idea it was that scientific. Last time I saw snow, I was seven. <laughs> Not a fair answer. When's the last time you saw ice cream, Chris? That's how we got it. <laughs> I yeah, so, I've never made ice cream before, so I don't know. Uh -huh. So next time you're having a party or you got warm drinks you want to make cold, set up your cooler with ice, throw some water in there, and then throw a ton of salt in there, and it'll get a lot colder a lot faster. What? Yeah. Life hacks. I just yes. went away from the edible stuff. I mean, yeah, we use salt on ice in the in the roads here in Norway, so. Yep. yep. That's That's nice job, guys. Nice job. All right, your last question in the round is in, I was told there would be no math. Uh, yeah. Okay, the three primary trigonometric functions are sine, cosine, and tangent. I want you to give me two of the three reciprocals of these functions. I knew tangent. Why didn't you ask me tangent? <laughs> I was saying oh. the same. Ask me for the last one. I want the reciprocals, two of the three reciprocals for sine, cosine, and tangent. I think John may have an advantage because he's probably studying this in school right now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's the advantage of being young. Yeah, indeed. indeed. No salt, people. No salt. That's not cool. <laughs> Spell check is a real pain in the ass right now. <laughs> <laughs> Ben, can you give me this three just one more time? I know you went the opposite. What are the, what are the three again? Uh, sine, cosine, and tangent. All right. John, you want to lock that in? Yeah, we're locked in. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> What's uh, the yeah. high school math? <laughs> 
Yeah, Car- Carolyn was uh, feeling my uh, frustration at not knowing math for sure. <laughs> is it too simple that sin is just the opposite of cos, and then uh, tan, tan is the opposite of cos time multiplied by sin? I don't even know if that makes no, sense. No, no, no. Well, it does not make sense, but don't worry about the sim- <laughs> don't, because again, I don't know math, but don't. But don't you do know sim- sin. Wow. <laughs> I mean, this is philosophical all of a sudden. <laughs> what Don't is the opposite about... of sin, Chris? Jonathan, may I, may I talk to my partner, please? All right. Pretty, pretty please with sprinkles. I'll give you the chocolate sprinkles. Salt? Nice. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, Carolyn, so don't worry about the simplicity part of it. Just if you think you have an answer, let's go with it. Okay, so the question was the reciprocal reciprocals of cosinus, sinus, and tangent. Yes. Anyways, I don't think I have any vocabulary for that, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, then, gentlemen, we're tapping out. Sorry, uh, sorry for the delay, but we're tapping out. Okay. The the one time that pre-calculus has come in handy, uh, handy uh, <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote down all the, the formulas, and we locked in with secant and cotangent. Secant and cotangent? Mm-hmm. Okay. One over cosine is secant, one over tangent is cotangent, and one over sine is cosecant. So... John, Ron, and Jonathan, that is correct answer. Okay. Math. So if, so if I kind of combine my formula, <laughs> like <laughs> cosigen, tan, co- <laughs> then yeah, it could go. have been a word like that. <laughs> so, so close. So then close. I'm proud of myself. I would have gotten that right. Yes. Yes, you would. Awesome. I am. I'm like yeah. really proud of myself. When Caroline was given the formulas, I was like, that's a rabbit hole. I can't go down. I don't <laughs> well, Either I don't even know if the formulas were right. Like, yeah. they might have been switched around as well. But then apparently the words are pretty much kind of the combination of, of that. So, yeah, I learned right. something new. <laughs> At the end of the third round, the score is 80 to 50. Ron, John, and Jonathan are in the lead. All right, hey, we got some catch up to do, but we can do this. Yes. Our midpoint question comes to us from Kylie Diggs. Thank you, Kylie. Thank you, Kylie. Kylie. Categories game shows. Steve Harvey is the current host of Family Feud and the sixth host to do so, following in the footsteps of the great Richard Dawson. For five points each, name the four men who hosted Family Feud other than Dawson and Harvey. What's that guy's name? Guys, I got three of them. That's three more than I got. Hmm. Ben, do Saturday Night Live cast members count? Um, <laughs> that's a joke. It's oh, a joke. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Saturday Night Live skits do not count. Oh, it's so off to cross out Keenan Thompson then. He's the best one. <laughs> Look at my big mustache. Oh, geez. I don't want to put the O in there, guys. I'm worried about that. We can't talk, but I'm just saying it. No. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, what? No, please continue. <laughs> mm. I'm I'm going back and forth on it. Oh God! <laughs> but since you're talking, the only thing I was saying was no, no. Well, I'm not. Else. I'm not talking. I'm not. I'm not saying right. anything that might be used against me. All right. So this Ron is Ron just wants to give us help. I, I appreciate this is, it. This is just yeah, vague thanks, booking. Ron. This is just vague booking. They can't get anything from what I'm doing right now. 
I think we are gonna we are gonna include the O. We're gonna go with the O. Okay. All right. We're locked in. Okay. Oh man. Okay. So I know two without a shadow of a doubt, Carolyn, and that's Richard Karn, who was better known as Al Borland on Home De- Home Improvement, and then Louis Anderson did a role for a while there. I was trying to think if any females have been in that spot. I couldn't think of any. And now, like I said to you, yeah. I I basically only watched the one with with Steve Harvey, so Fair <laughs> again, uh, wasn't wasn't too much uh, help there. Yeah. And I mean, this is a left field answer and it's just oddly enough that we brought him up at the beginning of the uh of the episode is harry anderson i thought may may have done it for a period of time but i might be thinking of a different comedian for whatever reason because i have harry anderson in the head in my head right now but ben we're locked in with richard karn louis anderson harry anderson and then i'm not given a fourth because i just can't think of one right now unless carolyn you have an idea and we say Keenan Thompson. <laughs> okay, and Keenan Thompson. There you go. I yeah. like it. I wouldn't mind Keenan becoming the host of Jeopardy someday. He's awesome. That would, awesome. That would be amazing. Okay, so for us, when I was growing up, the host of Family Feud was Ray Combs. So we went with Ray Combs. Oh, um, good answer, Jonathan. And we had Corn. We had Anderson, specifically Louis Anderson. And the other guy was a gray-haired guy, and we were debating between Hurley and O'Hurley, and we went with O'Hurley. Oh, nice job, Jonathan. You got it. Well, and I will that's that, a wee. That is all, that is all Jonathan. No, that's a wee. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Because as soon as you sent him, it was like, bam, it hit me. It, I, I could have been support on that, but uh, nice job, Ben. Anyway, Ben, go ahead and give us the answers, even though he's right. All right. <laughs> yep. So other... <laughs> I guess I don't need me be need me right. here for this question. I don't know. Uh, your answers are Ray Combs, Richard Karn, Louis Anderson, and John O'Hurley. Ah, yes, O'Hurley. great job, yes. guys. I'm like, could it be John C. Hurley? <laughs> I don't know. Right. Yeah, he was best known for his role on Seinfeld. And I've heard that question somewhere in the past at, at some trivia night somewhere, and I just couldn't pull any of the answers. At the end of the midpoint, the score is 100 to 60. Uh, Ron, John, and Jonathan are in the lead. Hey, everybody. That's the end of the first half. Did you know that Trivial Warfare is now on TikTok? I opened a TikTok account last week, and I found very quickly that there is a complete lack of quality trivia on the app. And I thought maybe we could do something about that. So I created a game specifically for TikTok. It's called the Trivial Warfare Challenge or TW Challenge. And it's very simple. You record yourself for one minute receiving rapid fire questions from somebody asking you those questions. That might be somebody online. That might be uh, somebody in person with a book or, or Trivial Pursuit cards or whatever the case is. But you have to find a way for somebody to audibly ask you questions. And they ask as many as they can. And you answer as many as you can. And we're just trying to compete to see how many questions you can answer in a one-minute period. Uh, I did a long recording session with Nick Groves uh, earlier this week, and I think my best number was 12. I'm going to be releasing our recordings once every couple of days on TikTok so you can see how uh, how we did. Uh, because the question asker has a part in this, too. You can't do it without them. Uh, you can take turns going back and forth if you like, but this is going to be super fun. I'm excited to do it. Make sure when you do these recordings and you post them to TikTok 
that you use the hashtag TWChallenge and hashtag Trivial Warfare uh, when you do that so that I'll notice that you're doing it. Uh, and if you're really proud of one of them, be sure to send me that video so that I can repost it myself or post a reaction to it. I hope you guys will enjoy this. Be sure to sign up on TikTok, follow Trivial Warfare, and uh, let's start having some fun doing one-minute trivia games. All right, let's get on with the second half of today's game. Your fourth round is brought to us by Rob Warman. Oh, thank you, Rob. Ah, the pro- prolific trivia writer, Rob Warman. <laughs> <laughs> Your first category in the fourth round is in science. Science. Name the gas that protects both automobile drivers in an inflated airbag and protects your Lay's potato chips in the unopened bags. John sent us a message that says, need a minute to think. Trying to do some chemistry thinking. Oh, and I love chemistry. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Chemistry it looks like theology. he's in pain. Yeah, chemistry and theology are my two favorites. I want it to be hydrogen. So you can like light them on fire and throw them at people and their little <laughs> hydrogen bombs. <laughs> amazing lunchroom chaos (laughs) because you know if that was the case and we were all kids in the lunchroom that's exactly what we would have done oh absolutely every kid would have had a lighter then they would have gotten stolen from us by the teachers no all of you would be dead from lighting hydrogen (laughs) (laughs) quit thinking so negative ben (laughs) just thin in the herd John, you still thinking with any any new thoughts there? That uh, our our first thoughts sound good to me. All right, we're gonna lock that in. I'm good. Okay. With that. I mean, initially I was thinking, well, oxygen, but I just I think that'd be too slow to fill an airbag. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. uh, it can't be helium because if it was helium, then our <laughs> chip bags would be floating in the air. Also, yeah, awesome. be- exactly. <laughs> And also not hydrogen. That's, that's yeah, <laughs> hydrogen would be amazing just because it's like, man, open up a bag of chips. Oh, Steve. If you put helium in them, you could sell them as light chips. Oh, I see what you did there. Nice. Oh, man. <laughs> so I think the only other option that we have is nitrogen. Yeah, I'm just, uh, I mean, I'm trying to envision the periodic system and envision, like, you know, the gas is further down and it's kind of drawing a blank. So maybe nitrogen is the way to go. Okay. If you're good with it, let's do it. Yeah. Lucky. All right. We're, we're locked in with nitrogen then. Okay. None of us had a lot of great thinking, but we, uh, we all kind of had a gut reaction and our gut reaction was nitrogen. All right. Um, yeah, oxygen is not a good choice because it um, it over-ripens the potatoes, makes them rot faster. Hydrogen, obviously, not a good one. So the best gas to use is nitrogen. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. We're back. We're back on the uh, back on the board. Whatever you want to call it. Yes, let's do this. <laughs> Your second question round is in geography. 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 <laughs> Three so-called ABC islands lie in the Caribbean just north of the Venezuelan coast and are known for song-worthy beaches and citrus liqueur. Name any one of these islands with a two-point bonus for each additional island you can name. Oh, John, that's not bad. Yeah, I'm good with that, John. The one, the last one you sent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dad? Uh, let me tell you one thing. All right. 
All right, Carolyn, are you good if we lock in with those then? And that that yep. that one that one that I just sent was the main answer. Yep. All right, we're locked in. All right, so we're we're definitely going with Aruba as the primary, and one of our bonuses is Curacao. The other bonus, John and Ron, are you good with Barbados or? Yeah, that's the one I'm least confident in, but I can't think of another B to save my life. I mean, you have so in that. In Kokomo, you have Aruba, Jamaica, Bermuda, Bahamas. <laughs> you got Martinique, Key Largo, Montego. None of those are bees. So Bar- down in that area, you have Nevis, you have St. Kitts, you have Antigua and Barbuda. It could be Barbuda, but that's that's a country name, and it's it's the second half of a country name. It's it's I don't know if it's an island. Uh, th- this is this is totally it's a bizarre kind of way I got to it, but. There was another game show I was watching the other night, and there's another island in that area, but I can't place where it's at called... They gave away a trip to an island called Bonaire, but I don't know where... I, I know that's down there somewhere mm. in that area, but I can't... It's I, but not going to be Bonaire. That's going to be too small. Okay. Yeah. We, then, Barbados, then Barbados is the way to go. All right. We're going with Aruba, and then Barbados and Curacao as our bonuses. Yeah. So I was just thinking, you know, ABC trying to come up with islands that I thought was in that general area, at least, of the Caribbean. So I mentioned a few suggestions to to uh, Chris, and one of them was Aruba, and Chris said, that sounds good, let's go for that for the main answer. And then we're kind of thinking about the bonuses for B and C, so I also suggested Barbados, and then trying to come up with C. I've, I've never heard of the one you said, uh, Jonathan, but I, I just thought is Cayman Islands around there. And Chris also liked that answer. So our two bonus answers is Barbados and Cayman Islands. Cool. So the ABC Islands are Aruba, Bonaire, and Curacao. Holy crap, Ron. Uh, The the only reason I know that is, believe it or not, we watch Wheel of Fortune every night. And they gave away a trip there like, I don't know, a week ago. So that's the only reason I had that thing in my head. I'm 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 disappointed in myself because I poo-pooed it and said, no, that's too small. Nah. There's no way it's going to be that. Barbados is a good answer. That's in the right spot, I think. I mean, I, I'm, I like that. I, I had more thunder with Barbados, if you told Man, all right. So You're okay, Jonathan. You still have a pretty comfortable lead, I mister. I know, but I don't like talking <laughs> somebody out of a right answer if it would have been a really <laughs> amazing right answer. Oh, there was no thunder. All right, Ben, next question. Round four, question three. Round four, question three is in the internet. What product did Amazon first start out selling? Okay, we're locked in. Yeah. All right, it's books, guys. I got all the thunder you could need. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, man. I agree. Yep, it's an online bookstore. We said books. Yep, I was was buying books from there long before I was buying toilet paper. It was books. (laughs) Correct answer is books. At the end of the fourth round, Chris and Caroline have 90. Jonathan, Ron, and John have 132. It is 132 to 90. Okay. Your fifth round, first question category is, we finally got one. (laughs) Which is the only NFC team to win a Super Bowl during the 1970s? Uh, you said NFC? 
NFC, correct. All right. Guys, I'm I'm pretty confident in that. I don't I don't think you could talk me out of it. All right. I'm I'm sending you something. All right. Actually, you guys can talk about it. We're locked in. All right. It's got to be Tom Landry and the Cowboys. Yeah, I don't have anything better than that. I'm not so that that makes sense to me. You good with that, John? Yeah. Yeah. All right. The winners All right. in the I 70s. Did. You had you had the Raiders, you had the Steelers, you had the Dolphins, and you had the Cowboys. So we're saying Cowboys. And we also locked in with the Dallas Cowboys. All right. Correct answer is Dallas Cowboys. Your second uh, category is in movies. Did you know that Kylo Ren and the Black Widow got married? Well, actually, the actors who played those characters portray a married couple in what Netflix original movie? Oh, I can lock that in. Oh, I'm okay. just I'm set, uh, no. Hold on, I'm sending it over to her real quick. I'm sorry, I was talking to Carolyn. Okay, we're locked in, guys. All right, guys. That, it's that, either I don't think it's a wedding story. I think it's like a marriage story. It might just be marriage story, not marriage. Yeah, marriage. It might just be marriage story. I remember somebody making a joke saying it should have been called divorce story. <laughs> but I don't know if it's a marriage story or marriage story. If that's what you think the answer is, because I don't, I don't know the series, and I don't know. I mean, but I think I have seen. That's a movie. On I Netflix. Saw... Go ahead, John. No, no, you go. I was going to say, I'm mean, just scrolling through Netflix. I think I've seen the title, Marriage Story, but mm-hmm. I don't know anything about it. So if you think that's what it is, no, I know that's what it is. I'm just asking if it's but, an A in front of it or not. I know the answer. I don't. Then I don't think there's an A in front of it. I think when I looked at it, it just says Marriage Story, but. I, that's just, I'm picturing it in my head. Yeah, this was a movie Laura Dern won her Academy Award for uh, this year. So we'll go We'll go with Marriage Story. Okay, and uh, Jonathan took uh, my little uh, blurt that I was going to talk about with Laura Dern, but it is Marriage Story. Correct answer is Marriage Story. Glad I didn't add an A. Nice job, Jonathan. <laughs> okay, your last question in the round is an art. Yeah. Oh, crap. Yeah, that's what I say, too. <laughs> the 1982 painting, Untitled, was auctioned in 2017 for over $110 million, making it the most expensive piece of art produced after 1980 and the most expensive ever by an American. Name the artist, perhaps the most accomplished member of the Dead at 27 Club. Oh, I just sent it to you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's uh. How do you spelling doesn't matter. I can pronounce it. <laughs> no. 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 The way I the way I type the way that I type yeah. it is is definitely the right way. It's. I'm um, I'm confident in that. Right. We're locked in. I feel like I've heard this before, so I'm probably gonna kick myself when when they say it or Ben says the answer. I was at another, I've done a lot of online quizzes now since being stuck at home. And we had a question where I think it was the, we had a picture of painting and it was the second most expensive painting or something. And my my friend throughout Basquiat, which is like, I've, I've not heard of him. So I don't even know which nationality he is. Okay. Uh, and then I was thinking Kandinsky, but I don't think he's American. So it's just Basquiat because I we were talking about him in the sense of expensive paintings. Okay. 
but do you know I, if Boscout was American or not? No, no, that's the thing. I don't know. But just okay. Yeah. I say let's just do that, and at least we had something in there. I wish I would have, you know, looked up Boscout after that, just to be like, okay, who is this person? Why did my friend mention it? And again, maybe people sitting at home knowing art is probably like, no, Boscout is from like the 1700s. He's like French, French. Or, like you know. <laughs> but oh yeah, for, for now, if you if you are like Pollock is the only other like American I know, and like you said, he's. This is not the right time for that. So, all right. Yeah. So, which one of the other? Go ahead. Boscout. Boscout, then, for sure. Okay. Boscout is our answer. All right. This is a well known member of the 27 Club. We went with Boscout. Oh. No. Uh, So, this (laughs) this man is an American, but he is of Haitian descent, which explains why his name is Jean Michel Boscout. No! Nice. Oh, nice. Caroline, great job. Oh my God. Good job. I have to thank my friend for this. That's, that's, that's crazy. That's that's the Jonathan right there. It is. <laughs> At the end of the fifth round, the score is 162 to 120. Jonathan, John, and Ron are in the lead. Okay. Yeah, we're not able to catch up with you guys. That's the problem. <laughs> we're we're no, back on but, the with yeah, good but questions. No, they're answering too many questions right. So Yeah. <laughs> All right, Ben. We got that one. Let's hit the sixth round. All right, your sixth round comes to us from Zach Walter. Thank you, Zach. First question is costumes. According to USA Today, approximately 30 million people dress up their pets for Halloween. Name any one of the top three most popular costumes. Hmm. My my, uh, uh, generic answers are sufficient. Okay, guys, we're locked in. So you guys both responded well to the idea of a hot dog. I mean, I'm just yeah. guessing here. Yeah, I mean, me too. I've uh, seen a lot of Star Wars know, fans do the Chewbacca thing. Uh, I'm good with any of those. I mean, the only thing I would think would be, I mean, you know, I threw out the whole idea of Halloween theme stuff like Ghost Ghoul, uh, Harry Potter Wizard. I don't know. I don't, like, I don't think it's going to be a ghost. I don't think people are putting a sheet over their dog and expecting the eyes to stay in place. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the visual of that is actually... Hey, Sandy, come here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's going to be some little cutesy costume thing. Yeah. I think hot dog is as good a guess as any. All right, yeah. I'm good. All right, we're going to do hot dog. All right, uh, we also locked in with hot dog. Your three most popular pet costumes are superhero... Pumpkin and hot dog. Nice. (laughs) Pumpkin. Pumpkin. Superhero. That's kind of a wide ranging. That's a lot of different answers. No wonder that's number one. (laughs) Your second category is in mascots, Mm. which are kind of costumes, you know. (laughs) The mascots for Arizona State, Dickinson College, and Mississippi Valley State are variants of what supernatural creature? You said Arizona State? Arizona State, Dickinson College, and Mississippi Valley State. Are you good if I lock it in, Carolyn? Yeah, yeah, I'm good with that. We're locked in. Okay. All right, so we all think devils? Yeah, I know ASU are the sun devils. Yep. All right, we're saying devils. Uh, We keep pairing. (laughs) We also locked in with devil. (laughs) Correct answer is devils. 
Was anybody getting that without the Arizona State clue, by the way? Nope. Yep. Uh, Mississippi, Mississippi uh, the last one, I probably would have. Oh, I got you. Okay. Mississippi. You could have also yeah. gone with the Jersey Devils from hockey or the Blue Devils from Duke. Yeah. Oh, boo Duke. I'm, sorry. Hey, man, I'm a Duke fan. I'm a Duke my, fan. My, 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 my dad graduated from UNC. I'm a, so I'm a UNC grad. Oh, oh very nice. <laughs> That's fine. You paid money to go oh, there. Oh, and I was Team yeah. Ben, and you told me you're a Duke fan. Oh. <laughs> Only in basketball. Only in basketball. I'm still, I'm still hashtag Team Ben. Okay. Hey, Jonathan, Jonathan likes UNC. You should go back to Team Jonathan. <laughs> Why do you think I liked UNC? I don't give a crap. I was just UNC. trying to. I was just trying to get another member on Team Jonathan. That's no. all. There's like three of them. We don't lie to get people. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> it's a great rivalry. He has integrity. All right. No, he doesn't. Your last question before the final is in literature. Literature. The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe was inspired by a real life raven. Which was a pet of what European author? Oh, is that not European? It is, but um, that's more specific than you need to be. Well, I know, I know, but like, could you name one second? No, I did. I gave you the answer. Is, you're sure that's it? I'm, I'm reasonably sure. Uh, could you? Uh, what's his name? Some... No, not not the first one. Are those the two you're thinking of? Yeah. That oh no 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 I'm I'm getting people mixed up. Hold on. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, that that okay. I'm I'm pretty. Sure. I want to lock in with with the one I'm saying. Oh, okay. sounds good. All right, we're gonna lock in. First two I wrote down were uh, Jules Verne and uh, and Charles Dickens. And Those then I two, kept mentioning no. American authors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, what about this one? And Crystal said, nope. He's American, and I am totally yeah. blanking on other European authors. Again, not doing well with the yeah. <laughs> European. Don't, you don't think Shakespeare was crazy enough to have a? Uh, I mean, even though it's not contemporary of this, you don't think he was crazy enough to have a, a a raven as a pet? You know what? Jules Verne just seems like he'd be crazy enough to have one. I'm just thinking. I think I'm trying to think when he released most of his books. I thought that was a bit later in the 1800s. Yeah, I think both of them were a little bit in the late 1800s, to be honest with you. But mm-hmm. I don't really have a better answer. You can do um, Jules Verne if you want to, or if you like Shakespeare better. I guess it's those two, either contemporary or non-contemporary. We have to decide well, between. You know what? Let's go with your logic on that. Maybe uh, Verne and Dickens were later on. And let's go ahead and go with Shakespeare then. Okay. Okay. All right. We're locked in with uh, William Shakespeare. So I was pretty sure that I knew this. And then I got freaked out by dates for a second. And I was like, wait a minute. Isn't my guy friends with J.R. Tolkien? And for about a minute, I was freaked out that the dates were wrong. And then I realized, no, that's C.S. Lewis. That's not the right answer. Uh, So I went back and stuck with my guns on my original thought. And I pushed us for Charles Dickens. Hmm. All right. The Raven was a real life pet of Charles Dickens. Man, oh, the, the other one, Chris. You you have a, <laughs> there was the other yep. other guess. All right, I brought I brought the big bag of donuts to that question. Just sat here to John and Jonathan deal with it because I was out. All right, going into the gauntlet, the score is one ninety two to one fifty. You guys have only missed one question. We've only wow. missed one question. 
and it was in the first round. It was Greece. We could have had a perfect game, y'all. Uh, Are you uh, sure it's 150 and not 140? Because we missed that last one, and we were, it was. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. It's 140. Yeah. I was being magnanimous. No, I hear you, but just. All right, All right Ben. What's the uh, gauntlet category? Gauntlet category is. It's bacon. bacon! <laughs> okay, we're locked in. Our wagers locked in. Here is your gauntlet in. It's bacon. What political family was investigated in the 1990s for achieving ridiculously high returns on a cattle futures investment from the 70s, often called the pork belly scandal? So Chris and I are locked in. All right. We're locked in. Here's a second question. In the mid 90s, students from Albright College started what now famous game, which later became the namesake of a charity founded by Kevin Bacon in 2007. Jesus. <laughs> ben, These are not ben, the questions ben, I was ben went from questions where it's like, yep, we know this. Yep, we know this. Yep, we know this. To what? <laughs> it's the gauntlet. Oh, my God. Uh, Chris and I are locked in. All right. We're locked in. All right. Your final question. At over $4.6 billion USD in 2018, what country is the largest exporter of pork? Holy crap. All right, gentlemen, we're locked in. All right, so we are locked in. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. I'm going to read the questions back one at a time. Each team will reveal their answers, and then I will reveal the correct answers after that. Okay? Uh, okay. <laughs> All right, so what political family was investigated in 1990s for cattle futures investments from the 70s? John and Ron? You said the Clintons. I hate to say it. We said the Clintons. We had a lot of debate about it because Jonathan didn't think the time period was right. I couldn't. But something about, you know, 90s political family scandal just said Clinton to me. And we went round and round and round and round and round. And Jonathan finally put it in our laps and we went with Clinton. Okay. I remember that uh, George W. Bush, not Herbert Walker, but his son, George W., had invested in cattle futures at one point in time. And so we locked in with the Bush family. In the mid-90s, students from Albright College started what now famous game, which became the namesake of a charity founded by Kevin Bacon in 2007. All right. Carolyn and I were writing uh, pretty fast, but she wrote it faster. So, Carolyn, what was our answer? I uh, remember that pretty quickly that that was uh, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. And we locked in with Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon as well. Kind of the same thing. We linked the college game to the to the uh, actor and just kind of went off that. Yep. Got it. Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. All right. And final question. At over $4.6 billion USD in 2018, what country is the largest exporter of pork? We, over much debate, locked in with U.S. Yep, right. uh, yep, and Caroline and I were uh, going back and forth a bit on it, uh, but we ultimately, because of size, uh, we locked in with China. Going to go in reverse order. $4.6 billion USD in 2018, the country that is the largest exporter of pork, is the United States of America. Nice oh. job, John. Nice job. Good right. call, buddy. I- in the man. mid-90s, the game that we're referring to is indeed Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Good job, Ron. And the political family we're looking at, it was actually the wife was a, came from humble beginnings, 
put in a thousand dollar investment in cattle futures. And within 10 months, while she was pregnant with her only child, the investment grew to one hundred thousand dollars in 10 months. She was actually the first lady of Arkansas. We are talking about the Clinton. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Holy moly. I can't believe it. Well done, you guys. Well done. If y'all heard all of the debate we had on the first and the third answers, John and Ron were the people who forced the right answers on both of those. If I had had my way on either one, we would have been wrong. And it was different because I was the Clinton guy and you were the U.S. guy. You know, so we're like, oh, my God. So... Wagers. Wow. Chris and Carolyn, what did you wager? Yeah, uh, we were uh, trying to be fairly uh, conservative on it because we weren't sure what you guys were going to do. But just in case, uh, to cover y'all, so we bet 53. All right. So you are going to finish with 87 points. We had a fun debate over the wager, and we decided (laughs) it's not often that you're going to have 192 points going into a gauntlet, and you should try and shoot for the moon when you have the chance. We wagered 192 for a finishing score of 384 points to 87 points. Good job, gentlemen. Awesome, guys. I think that's a record. I think that is the highest score ever. It's one of the highest for sure. I don't know if it's the record or not. There's no way we could have got there without you because there were some of those. I was hitting you with a big old bag of donuts and just chewing (laughs) on them. So uh, I don't know, man, Ron. You kind of sandbagged a little bit. I think he did, too. Yeah. Sandbag it. Definitely. I got zero warming up Chris questions right. I mean, no. <laughs> he went from saying, yeah. I don't know anything more than my dog to talking me down on gauntlet questions with thunder. Yeah. Yep. That was, well, that Kate, was really Ken, amazing. Kennedy guys. just doesn't seem, didn't, Kennedy just did not <laughs> feel, I mean, I, I live in Memphis. So I live right next to Arkansas. All right. I mean, you know, the whole Clinton thing is so relevant here. Yeah. There was just some, something about it. Just. Great job. All right, we got to wrap it nice up, guys. Nice job, guys. We got, so, yeah, we got to finish up. <laughs> we got to wrap. I got to do one thing here real quick. My wife just walked in the room. She oh. is listening to my son and I listen to a thousand of these podcasts, and she wanted to stick her head in here and say hello real quick, and God bless you for putting up with us. Hello, Hi. buddy. Hey there. Hi. Well, thanks, for, thanks for letting them play. Thanks for having me on Sunday nights with you guys. Oh, oh thank, thank you so much. Bye. That's very sweet. All right. Yeah, she has put up with a lot. We do like to give everybody a chance to do shout-outs or promote a cause they care about. So, Ron, that was the start of yours. Why don't you go ahead and finish your side here? Shout-outs and uh, – well, of course, shout-outs to Golden Pond, my wife, for putting up with all this stuff all the time. Causes I care about, man, let's just get the world – every healthcare worker and professional and scientist in the world right now trying to get us through what is an epic event. Let's pray for them and, and just get, get through this. Outstanding. All right, John, your turn. I echo what my dad said uh, for praying for all the health workers and uh, especially our government officials. Outstanding. All right. And Carolyn, we'll finish up with you. Yeah. Thank you to all of you. This was really fun. And I don't really feel bad about losing to a, hopefully a record set of points. <laughs> uh, I want to shout out to my family, especially my dad who got me into trivia. I want to shout out my regular quiz team and my favorite quiz master, Gabriel, who is the one who gave me the Basquiat answer so thanks gabriel and what's your dad's name my dad's name is kashin 
All right. Shout out to you, my man. Good job. That's good raisin right there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that is going to wrap us up. So for John, for Ron, for Carolyn, for Chris, and for Ben, my name is Jonathan, and this has been another episode of Trivial Warfare, where it's not just trivia, it's war. Bye, guys. Take care, everybody. Take care. Good to meet you all. Take care. Thanks for listening to Trivial Warfare. Be sure to check out the revamped TrivialWarfare.com as your one-stop shop to submit questions, join the community, and get access to over 150 archived episodes. Warm It Up was written and performed by Matthew Stevens. This episode was edited and produced by me, Joel Sharpton. For help with your podcast, visit ProPodcastingServices.com. Round four, question three is the internet. www.phonespell.org, P-H-O-N-E-S-P-E-L-L.org, has been providing what simple and free service for over 20 years. Hey, Jonathan, Ben, we're going to need another question. I typed in the name of it and stupid Facebook Messenger brought the stupid link in. And I saw exactly what it was. I'm sorry. I I did not think I did not think it would do that. Oh, you typed you literally typed the whole website out and so it brought the link in? Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm just I'm trying to be honest. I don't wanna I'm I apologize. Sorry, That's on he me. He removed he removed it for me, but yeah, he saw it apparently. So Yeah.